Welcome, foolish mortals, to Awful Neutral. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Awful Neutral, The Rise of Dickhead. And speaking of Dickhead, Joe, would you mind telling us who you'll be playing today? Oh, jeez, I'm Richard Noggin, deckhand for the the minute, and uh, I've been getting disrespected for so long. My crew is all dead. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm a cleric of Paylor, too, if that helps. Maybe my, my big man Paylor will help me out in this. <laughs> and also with us, we have a very special guest who will be joining us on this arc. Dave Wright, would you mind telling us about who you'll be playing? Hello, my name is Pneumonius Rogar. Feel free to call me Roger. <laughs> By the way, uh, Pneumonius, uh, you know, I, I, as a dungeon master, I actually can see into both worlds. Uh, you have a very familiar voice. Would I know you from something? Are you famous in your world? Well, you may know me from some of the finest actors in the land. I've been all over the place. I've played several characters and... Been in most of the great movies from maybe a little while ago. Also joining us on this adventure to help free the souls of Malison, Gonk, and Chad, we have Jesse Egan, who will be playing the Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> Takes no survivors. I'll be playing Andre, the unironically named giant. Thank you. Me, Caleb, and you have played Andre. Uh, eventually, I'd like to have the whole cast cycle through. I wish and I could be an really, Andre. It's important to try to capture his Frenchness. Wasn't he French? Yes, he was. How do you speak uh, French giant? That's important. Sacre bleu. <laughs> Very slowly. <laughs> Monsieur. Oui, oui. I want croissant. <laughs> I think you nailed it. <laughs> this is a depth that Caleb wasn't taking the character into national stereotypes. Tasty baguette. I do not care for the term freedom fries. When last we left, Malison, Gonk, and Chud, Daddy and his gang of cultists shot down the Minute and its crew. They crash-landed in Daddy's backyard and found that their powers didn't work. They were welcomed into Daddy's hut and eventually hunted and killed. During that tragic chain of events, Daddy's minion, Cletus, stumbled upon the Minute and its crew. They were ordered to come back to the camp with Daddy. Andre attempted to slay them, but Andre felt much weaker, and without his powers, he was gunned down by Cletus and the rest of Daddy's cultists. Only one member of the crew escaped. One Mr. Richard Noggin. Certainly Richard Noggin can't save the crew. Can he? Things seem dire indeed. Mr. Noggin... You are sprinting through the woods. You are running so hard that your lungs burn. Every time you think about stopping, your fear kicks up a notch. After 
you don't even know how long, you stop to catch your breath. <gasps> Asthma! Oh, 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 sweet Jesus! Oh, dear God! Asthma's real! Asthma is a real thing! Oh, where am I? What? Oh, God, I'm dead. I'm so fucking dead. Paylor, are you there? Please tell me I'm not going to die out here. Uh, just then, out of nowhere, you hear a knock behind you. And when you turn around, you see a... You know what? Uh, Dave, what does he see? Well, I am a stunning representation of a golden dragonborn. I'm about 45 years old, six foot eight, and a svelte but very powerful 265 pounds. <laughs> I'm a sight to see. Oh, I'm wearing an elven chain. And of course, I have blue eyes, golden scales, and, well, the voice of an angel, if you will. <laughs> A devil, really. <laughs> you see in the distance, maybe about 100 meters away, uh, a dragonborn figure. He seems to be stopped at a tree and inspecting it. Ah, uh, sir? Hello? Why, hello there, old boy. How are you? Oh, I'm... No, not good at all, actually. This is a, a terrible time in old Richard Noggin's life. Oh, I can see, I can see. You seem to be out of breath, you little overweight. You poor boy, yes, yes. <laughs> Wait, we never got to say what Richard Noggin looked like. Richard Noggin kind of looks, uh, in stature-wise, you know the the big kid in uh, Hook? The, 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 portly, <laughs> the portly gentleman? Yes, the one... Yes. Who turned himself into a weapon by picking his legs up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He looks like that. He's got a <laughs> he's got a breastplate that uh, barely fits him, and he's a ginger, so he's got all that going for him. Oh, poor dickhead. Uh, he's about uh, five foot three, but uh, about two hundred fifty pounds. Oh my god! No muscle. I say there, there. Uh, you, uh, bowling ball of a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, uh, there seems to be a mark on this tree here. Um, how do you feel about getting out some of your anger? Yeah, what can I do? I, I got a lot of anger, a lot of hate built up in this, this old heart of mine. Well, I believe I've seen this happen in many, many times. One of the best things you can do is just, well, oh, I don't know, just... Strike a tree, perhaps, you know. <laughs> this one over here with the mark on it. That one looks like a very good tree to take a... Well, why don't you see what you can do to knock that label right on off of there? <laughs> Destroy it, if you will. What? Why do I need to... Why do I need to hit this thing? What? What is it? Yes, you see, I've been staring at this mark for quite some time, and unfortunately, uh... Well, I have certain powers... While this uh, marking, if you will, is here, I cannot move forward with my powers. So I feel as though maybe there's a, uh, oh, how should we say, a little win-win situation we can do here. If you destroy this, I will gain back my powers, and, well, I can probably use you and, uh, 
Well, one of the most important journeys that I could be on at the moment. I have to admit, it's a little beneath me. It's a lot beneath me. But <laughs> I feel as though I could use a, uh, well, a boy of your stature, perhaps. Yes, see. A short round. So I feel as though I could use a short and very round boy like yourself <laughs> on this journey. You see, I think there's something more to you than you even know. So do me a favor, break this chain, and let's move on in our journey. You seem to be running away from something. I can help. Oh, jeez, mister, that'd be great. Uh, my whole crew just got murdered, I think, and... I got a big giant friend over by the ship, and they didn't take him because he was too big, I think. But I, I'd really like to lay him to rest or help him or something. I, I don't know. But we have no powers inside here, so if you're saying this rune's gonna help you help me, then I'll definitely do it. There you go, boy. Now, snap to it and just break that sucker. <laughs> yes, do it now. I'll use my mace to attack the rune. Wonderful. Roll me an attack roll. This is going to be a low DC, so really all you can do is fail. <laughs> There's a, a 14 plus 7. That smashes the rune. This rune was carved into this mighty oak in front of you, but with one mighty smash from Richard Dickhead Noggin's mace, all of the wood around it was smashed. Any power that this rune had is now gone. And a matter of fact, those of you who can sense magic, to include now once again Mr. Noggin, can tell that whatever anti-magic barrier was in this area is now down. To sum up the plot so far, guys, uh, first Dick was running, now Dick is smashing. <laughs> smash, Dick, smash. Ah, I can feel it so much better. Thank you so much. What was your name again? Uh, my name's Richard. Richard Noggin. Richard Noggin. So, do your friends happen to, um... Oh, I'm just curious. Call you dickhead? <laughs> Actually, everybody on the ship calls me dickhead. I'm one of the deckhands. I think they got it mixed up one day and they started calling me dickhead. So, this is where we're at. This is the story of my life. You, you said thank you. I just wanted to, I want to let you know I appreciate that. That's the first time anyone's ever said thank you to me before. Yes, long, the, longer, long the longer we speak, the more I understand the nickname. Or moniker, if you will, really. Uh, anyway, listen, I cannot thank you enough. I see. Here's the deal. I was sent down here by, um, oh, let's just say a, uh, a mentor. Yes, yes, a mentor. Uh... <laughs> whom I happen to have uh, dealings with. Anyway, uh, there's a large group of people over here that used to uh, worship the person whom I work for. And uh, my longest of stories short, uh, have you ever met a, or know of a person by the name of Daddy? Uh, no, I haven't met him personally, but uh, the crew, when they came back and they were fighting with uh, these these girls, they talked about Daddy a lot. They said he's got an encampment somewhere near where we crashed our ship. Oh, see. Mr. Noggin, you are showing yourself to be quite useful. I was correct. <laughs> You're a fine dickhead. Anyway, <laughs> I was sent here to, um, 
Well, let's not use any short words here. I was sent here to kill Daddy. You see, he's been a very naughty, naughty demon, and, well, I don't put up with such matters anymore. So I need to hurry this up so that I can get back to, well, more important things. So what I bring up, or what I propose, is why don't you join me, Mr. Noggin, and, uh, let's kill Daddy, shall we? Well, yeah, that sounds great. Maybe we can avenge my crewmates' deaths along the yes. way. And I'll be a hero in someone's eyes. Somewhere, maybe. Yes, that sounds like a lovely idea, boy. Lovely. <laughs> Probably not, but lovely. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I almost had a dream. It was cool. That's fine. Dream big, but live small, boy. <laughs> You're very, very small. Anyway, do tell me, you said you have a, fr a very large friend. Uh, could you describe this individual, please? Oh, no, he's uh, a giant, really, if you really think about it. Um, a giant, you say? I happen to know a giant. Uh, do tell more, please. He's Andre, the uh, unironically named giant. He's an old wrestler from the wrestling league. Uh, Cap yeah, Captain Malice and Kill acquired him uh, from, you know, their adventures, and he became part of the crew. He's also in my favorite movie, The Duchess Betrothed. Who were the... <laughs> the Duchess Betrothed, you say? Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, that Duchess Betrothed. Yes, yes. What a lovely... Um, well, does the catchphrase Boulder Dash do anything? Oh, yeah, that's from that big idiot in the movie who was always like, Boulder Dash, this isn't going to happen. Boulder Dash, that could happen, but it always happened. Wait, what, what was your name again? My name is Pneumonius Rogar. You may know me. As who? Well, I was... I was in the Duchess Betrothed. Oh, you were the idiot. Oh, my God. You tried to think that you were all smart, but you were actually a dumbass. Listen, oh, dickhead, don't make me do something to you you won't like. Anyway, oh, No, so I'm sorry. Saying, clearly, that's not you, so you must be a phenomenal actor. You must never have learned to never mess with a dragonborn, boy. <laughs> My fangs alone are very sharp. Oh, I don't, I don't know much. They don't really let me off the ship, you know. Anyway, I know Andre. Please, take me to him. I think he'll be very useful in the journey of killing Daddy. Yeah, well, let's go back this way towards the ship. Well, I don't travel like regular people. <laughs> See, as a dragonborn warlock, I have the abilities to levitate. And not only do I levitate, but I also have, well, my draggling. Draggling. <laughs> draggling. <laughs> and apparently an inability to say draggling. <laughs> I have a is small that the name? friend. What is the that name? I... <laughs> What's the name of the dragon lord? Well, his name is Chauncey, of course. <laughs> Chauncey is a small red dragon. He looks very, very mean. And uh, well, we have the ability to communicate. We uh, we kind of relate on that dragon level, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Well, he pulls me along. Is the beauty of it? You see, I just. 
Sit back and relax as I do. You see, when you're a star of my level, you can't waste your energy. And it takes off. <laughs> oh, fuck. In the mid-sentence. Ah! You see, old boy, when you're a dragon born of golden variety, you don't travel on uh, business. Richard Noggin hears as it trails off in the distance. Oh, jeez. Oh, my short yes. legs can't keep up. Slow down, Roger. <laughs> this morbidly obese child takes off after <gasps> a flying warlock. <gasps> and he chases him all the way down. Eventually, Richard Noggin catches up with Rogar at the crash site. Uh, it is long abandoned by Daddy and his goons. You see many members of the crew who are injured and bleeding, a few of them who are beyond saving. But you see Andre, his body laying by the fire. He, you don't see his massive chest rise or fall. And for a second, Richard, who once considered himself the biggest Andre fan when he was the captain when he was leading the golden era of Giants Wrestling League. Your heart falls. But then you hear a loud bellowing. Forgive me, Captain. I have failed you. And I'm hungry for fromage. Oh, God. (laughs) Roger, he's still alive. I can go give him some healing. Watch out for his ass, though. That thing can kill (laughs) <laughs> Hello, old friend. Ah, oh, Richard Noggin runs up and casts uh, Healing Cure Word wounds. on Andre. No, I'm, I'm going Cure Wounds, bitch. You don't tell me what to cast. I tell you what I cast. <laughs> <laughs> My mistake, Mr. Noggin. Wow, he's so assertive. What happened to this boy? He Ooh. stiffens up well, that dickhead. Dickhead's fur. Uh, he's also panting like crazy from running a mile. <gasps> Thank you, Dickhead, for reviving me. Ah, I'm so ashamed at losing my whole crew. I don't know what happened. I felt weaker than when I fought Hulk Hogan. You will notice that that weakness is gone now, Andre. You feel, with your newfound rage, you perhaps feel as strong as you did when you fought the Hulkster. Mm, I feel ready for WrestleMania. Four! I don't know which one they're on now. Uh, Andre, we're going to say that um, Andre uh, Andre's turns around after a muttering about uh, WrestleMania 4 talking to himself. But his look on his face is one of determination. It is uh, one of a giant on a mission. He stumbles back into the remains of the broken ship and he emerges once again with arms with his massive arms filled with enough healing potions and also Richard Noggin you would know that on his back uh, I, I tear off my old sailor gear and reveal my singlet that goes over <laughs> one shoulder black <laughs> and it's very slimming and I also grab my special folding chair you see an adamantite folding chair. Now, this thing is meant for an ass the size of Andre's. This is a massive weapon. It weighs, it must weigh several tons. Because Andre is how big, by the way? He is a walking whale. He. <laughs> I said I'm trying no. to slim down. 
Yes, I unfold it and sit down and rest. No, I put it on my back and I get ready to attack. Richard Noggin, you have not seen Peanut in se- since the fabled Giants WrestleMania 4. This weapon is a legendary weapon that you didn't think to find out it was on the ship that you were on blows you away. Oh, jeez. Andre, so impressive. Looks like we're going to war, Roger. We got ourselves our frontline man, and he's going to fuck them right up. Oh, by the way, Andre, uh, I found this guy. He's the one I helped him take out the runes, and we got all our magic powers back. I, have you met this guy, Roger, before? He says he worked on the movie with you, The Duchess Betrothed. Ah, yes, Vasily. You make me carry you up a wall. Hello, old boy. My Pain in my ass. <laughs> Great to see you, though. Thanks for reviving me, uh... Way to go. Uh, but that was Dickhead? Who, who, did, who revived me anyway, Dick? It was I, Richard Noggin. Dickhead is okay in my book. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Uh, I've always been saying everyone can use a little bit of Dickhead, you know? Just whenever <laughs> the moment's right, just a little bit of Dickhead in their lives. <laughs> just the tip of the Dickhead, you know, just the tip of my little help coming in to move things along. Let's go, Dickhead. It's time to... Fuck shit up! There he is! That's my old friend! Hi, Andre! I'd like to say it's good to see you, Vicini. But I can't! <laughs> Great to see you, though. Yeah, right, right, whatever. Let's go! <laughs> you know, you can still call me Roger, right? You <laughs> mm. <laughs> would not drink... Cabernet Sauvignon with Andre on set. Mm, out of way, Vicini. Well, my friend, that's only due to the fact of what happens after you drink wine. <laughs> Your flatulence are world, may I say, universally unbelievably. Well, boulder dash. <laughs> mm, it doesn't tough. fit. Tough on you. I always drink before a big fight. And I bring out a big old giant, like a barrel full. Mm. It's actually like one hand because he's massive, but you know what I'm talking about. I also have this delicious brie. Have some brie. I also, (laughs) by the way, I've grown lactose intolerant, but let me eat this brie anyway. Andre (laughs) eats the brie. (laughs) Armed and dangerous. Takes off towards daddy and his cultist camp. By the way, as he goes, he's leading the way. Rogar and Dickhead follow closely behind, and Rogar just hears giant farts. Oh, Chauncey, you must move faster. I apologize. Once a day, I cast gaseous form. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's my innate spellcasting ability. I immediately make Chauncey rise higher and above the stench. (laughs) There's just a fat boy drowning in fart behind you. Oh god, this isn't good for my asthma at all. The shit particles are so big. As you approach the camp cabins, several stories tall, you see a large Jurassic Park-style gate that's wide open. From there, you can see into the camp. You can see a statue of Baphomet. Immediately, this makes perhaps Richard Noggin's priest's senses tingle effect. And I'm not even going to make Roger Rogar roll for it. I was going to make you roll for it, but Rogar, 
you know exactly what this is. This is the reason you're here. Just seeing a statue of Baphomet, uh, you can just picture Glacia getting pissed off. You know that daddy has to die. Well, that is just downright disrespectful. <laughs> we must get in there. You see, Andre, I've... I know that you want to kill Daddy as well, but I simply must, and I have to do it immediately, as I've got much bigger things to do. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, though, as uh, I do remember the way you used to wave that chair. <laughs> what was its name again? Peanut. That peanut is smashing. <laughs> yes, so, that being said, I want to kill Daddy immediately. What do you say, old boy? Yes, I say yes. And uh, Mr. Noggin will call you still. <laughs> uh, what do you think? I say that we get down in there and uh, sneak around maybe and, uh, before anybody finds us and get into that place. As you are standing looking inside of this gate, you see crowds of cultists chanting a language none of you recognize. You see a wooden podium, and up on the podium you see Daddy. His back is turned towards the audience. He is facing the massive statue of Baphomet. Uh, his arms are raised up in the air. He's wearing white ceremonial linen, very simple cloths. Behind him, bowing down, you see Shelley, you see Ruby, and you see Cletus, three of his most devoted followers. As the storm continues to gather, you can actually hear Daddy's voice. It's projected with unnatural force. It's as if some larger spiritual force is using his vocal cords. You can hear it even that far back as, as you are. As his words begin to get louder in your minds, you feel a pull on each one of you. Um, it doesn't feel like much to Rogar and Andre, uh, and it's even enough for Richard Noggin to handle, though he can, although he has to brace himself, but he can feel something pulling at his soul. And above him, you can see little wisps coming from each cultist. Uh, you can see it gathering above into a giant ball. These streams of soul energy coming from the bodies are even coming from Shelley, Ruby, and Cletus. Daddy is clearly draining their spiritual energy. Finally, one member of the cultist, she looks like a younger lady. She turns around and starts running away. She's screaming and crying. No, no, I don't want to do this. And she makes it just before Richard Noggin's feet. Richard Noggin, you look down at her and you can see um, her energy being sucked from her. She is not a willing candidate anymore. What do you do? Oh, geez, guys, we got to do something. It looks like they're making a a spirit bomb from a show I used to watch, uh, Dragon Sphere Z. Uh, the hero used to make this thing, but I don't know, I've never seen a bad guy make something like this. I love that show. <laughs> I felt the boo saga lasted a bit longer than it needed to. I mean, I'm three stories tall, right? And I can cast Fog Cloud. Well, I also have Minor Illusion. I can make it seem like you are on fire and I can make your or I can make your voice extra thunderously loud. Yes. Love to it. scare them all away. What we want to do is basically the scene from from the movie 
we were both in this movie, but uh, I was the only one in this scene, I guess, between us. <laughs> uh, but basically, they, they roll Andre in on a giant wheelbarrow and light him on fire. and scares everyone, so... Uh, remember, remember in the Duchess Betrothed when they lit me on fire as the Dread Pirate Robert? Remember that part? And then uh, scared everybody. Let's, let's do that one, remember? What do you think? Of course I remember. You were so drunk, I was the one who lit you on fire. Right, let's do, let's do that again, Rogar. You you, uh, you cast your uh, bullshit, and then I... <laughs> well, this time, as opposed to actually lighting you on fire, you see, I've learned a few things. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is make it seem as though you are exactly on fire. But yet you won't be, so... Gonna need you to do some more of that acting, baby. <laughs> you remember, Andre? Yes, uh, uh, I can. Also, I cast fog cloud. Yes, you do fart clouds. Oh, fog! <laughs> yes. And then Andre uses his racial ability. Yes, cast fog for cloud. fog cloud. And uh, Dave, are you casting? Uh, what are you casting? Any spells? Minor cast illusion. Minor illusion to minor illusion. You wanted to make Lucky's on fire, or make my voice louder and booming and stuff too. I say make it make you louder and booming, and then I'll say uh, to make it even better. Use your dragon, light my farts. <laughs> As he says that, <laughs> love it. Chauncey is ready to go. A flame bursting from his snorting nostrils. Andre just lets one rip. Looks like a monster truck show when one of the uh, like truckosaurus revs its engine and fire comes out the back. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! It's Andre the Giant Monster Truck Racing. <laughs> <laughs> Many of the cultists, their final moments as their souls were being sucked away, was of this awesome sight. <laughs> but, however, as Rogar and Andre turn to devise this plan and execute. This lady stared directly into Richard Noggin's eyes, begging for help. My lady, what can I do to assist you? It hurts. Please help. I don't know. I will cast Ooh. Cure Wounds on her in attempt to help. You cast Cure Wounds, but it has no effect. Her body, uh, it has, it, it, it does not, the, what is attacking her is not uh, attacking her body. Go ahead and give me a perception check. My lady, I fear that I might not be able to save you. We can do our best to stop these people. Uh, did you see where they took the, the crew from the ship? What's going on? What's Daddy doing? Uh, I, it, I look around and I roll a 12 plus 4 or a 16. You look around and you don't see it at first, but um, almost as if you feel Pelor's hand on your head, turning your head, you know, like a giant god hand saying, no, look over here. Oh fuck, I got, I got neck pain, Baylor, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and you look and you he focuses your head. In fact, he brings your head within a few inches uh, of the wisp, the inner beam of energy extracting her soul. I will step in the way of this beam. Richard Noggin steps in front of the beam. Rogar and... Andre, you probably can't hear over the sounds of ignited giant farts. Right, and I'm also yelling. I'm like, the Dread Pirate Roberts is coming for your soul. 
What did you think, Rogart? Was that a good reading? Uh, how'd you like that version? That was amazing. Yes, yeah, so, so I need good. notes. I, I would... Uh, notes, I would... I'm trying to get better with my emotions. What did you think? Did you buy that? Yes, I think that was very lovely. Yes, a wonderful read, really, yes. As a matter of fact, I'd like it if you would just, maybe at the end, just go with a little uptick with it. Yeah. Let me try again. So, yeah, yes, we yes, don't yes. hear anything that else is going on. No, actually, I'm going to say that in the middle of this conversation, despite all the noise happening, you hear the shrillest boy scream, high-pitched boy scream. You both turn around and you see Richard Noggin lying dead. Not my little round, buddy. (laughs) Richard Noggin, you stepped in front of this beam. You heard a voice in your ear giving you the clue. And without a hesitation, you did what needed to be done. And that's all Pelor needed to see. You stand in front of a, looks like a ripped Santa Claus. If Fabio had a beard and his hair was white and he was topless uh, and wear, but wearing like leather nature pants, that's who you were st- standing in front of. You've thought a little too deep into this character, maybe once before. Shut up! <laughs> and he kisses the dungeon master deeply on his lips. <laughs> leather nature pants. That really seemed to lift the buttocks even so. <laughs> Standing in front of you, you you know who this is, Richard. This is Pelor. <laughs> oh, my boy. You have impressed me so. <laughs> oh, that's the great thing about being a god. It's fighting greatness where none others see it. I knew I was right about you, my boy. <laughs> where am I, Pelor? You're in my inner sanctum. Very few who worship me ever get to see this place, but you! Damn it, boy! The world needs heroes. They're gonna get one. Are you ready to go back? Of course, but I've always just been told that I'm a little dickhead and I can't do anything. What do you mean I'm a hero? Don't worry about that. You have Pelor on your side. Now get back there. Your friends need you. And he snaps his fingers. You did not wake up in your old body. You look down at yourself. You look like Tom Hanks after he wished to be big. Except you turned into John Cena. (laughs) Aw, jeez, boys. It's good to be back. (laughs) (laughs) He says as he does like a handspring to stand up in his armor, which is too small for him now. Aw, jeez. Looks like I'm going to need some new armor here. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry, boy. I knew I forgot something. And you hear in your head, uh, his finger snapped. You see a flash of green light. He's wearing a shining emerald breastplate. Uh, you see the mark of Pelor on the chest. He has a green cape with massive, uh, looks like steel pauldrons. Andre, you once knew a dickhead. What stands before you is a dick man. Richard man. (laughs) Richard man. His ability is having surprisingly good comedic timing. 
it, we're gonna say at this point, Daddy turns around. What is happening behind me? I guess I'll finally have to turn around slowly. He turns around and he sees all of his cultists dead. He sees Ruby, Shelly, and Cletus in front of him. They are they are clinging to life and seem to be in enormous pain. And he finally turns and he sees, just noticing, feeling this holy presence, the presence of a god within his inner sanctum. He sees Richard Noggin, uh, a risen, looks like a avatar of Pelor's light, but he also senses Rogar, an emissary of the devils. And he also sees, uh, you know, the former biggest wrestler in all the world. You're too late. <laughs> no bad guy has ever said that and lived to regret it. <laughs> I do not care if you're here on behalf of the gods or if you're here on behalf of devils. This is the demon's time to come. Baphomet has given me strength beyond what any of you will ever know. As a matter of fact, I'd like to show you that strength. The energy that's gathered above all of you, it jumps into Daddy's body, and from Daddy's body, you notice a little bit that jumping off into Cletus, Shelly, and Ruby's body. You watch as Ruby and Shelly's bodies form into one. Their bodies are drawn together as if some horrific Cronenberg-style monster. They scream how much it hurts, their pain. They scream, Daddy, why are you doing this to me? Cletus, in simple utterances, uh, screams in pain and cries as he is transformed into a creature as well. Daddy laughs. Dave, you know all the enemies of the Blood War from the pact you made. You know this as an Armonite. An Armonite is a large demonic fiend. It looks similar to a centaur. It has a horse body. It is a very fierce large demon. You notice Cletus, his body, his features change. They become much more insectoid. He grows several feet. His body changes from that of a muscular human to a bulbous beetle type creature as he changes screaming and crying into a chasme. Finally, you notice Daddy's sickened screams. You hear bones breaking. You see him growing to an unnatural size from his shoulders to much bigger arms emerge. They are giant crab-like pincers that look like they could chop a VW bus in half with one swipe. He has transformed into a Glabrizu, which all of these are powerful demon archetypes. Roll for initiative. Starting first, we have Daddy with an initiative roll of 23. Daddy in his massive Glabrizu form, pus leaking onto the ground, pools of acidic venom, saliva sizzling onto the ground as it hits. He sees Andre and he is going to do a multi-attack. He is going to attack with his pinchers and fists. Well, that's the thing is that Andre does have one fully exposed nipple because he wears that over the shoulder boulder holder <laughs> it's vulnerable to all pincer attacks. All right. Uh, he has four attacks, two pincer attacks and two arm attacks. Oh, no. Uh, his, first, his first attack, he rolled a 19. Does that, that hit? That hits. That hits. His second attack is a natural 20. That misses. Weird. Weird how that works. 
<laughs> I don't know how. Well, I know we're on the honor system here with this character sheet thing. <laughs> oh, jeez, guys. Can I step in for a second? Actually, that, that might actually miss because I am going to go ahead and cast disadvantage with my warding flare from my cleric of light domain. So go ahead and re-roll that crit at disadvantage there, buddy. Wow. There you go, dick man. He will take 15 for his second uh, attack on that. Not good enough. Dickman, Pelor shines a warm light on your heroism. That's a way to rise to the occasion, Noggin. <laughs> Thank you, penis man. Just remember to be loyal to those who are loyal to you and respect everyone, even your enemies and competition. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That sounds yes. like John Cena. <laughs> oh, jeez, it is my alter ego, yes. <laughs> I want to dislike him, but I can't. Anytime Dick Van quotes John Cena, it's got anything. those horns that play out of nowhere. Anything. Anytime he does anything, it's with that noise. All right, so his next attack uh, is with his smaller, more human arms. He rolled a one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and end a limb and say that misses. Uh, and he rolled a 15 for his fourth attack. No, not good enough. So he hits one time, you're saying? He hits one time. I'm going to roll some damage for you. Was that a pincer attack? Yes, the dreaded pincer attack. Ah, not the nipple. Well, don't tell him. <laughs> I try to put one hand over my exposed nipple. He's very patriotic. <laughs> Definitely not covering a nipple. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to to my nipple. It's a long allegiance. <laughs> he does 13 damage. I you the power of Baphomet. On his first attack, he takes his massive pincher, grabs Andre by his nipples. You see the black unitard that Andre's wearing start to become moist with blood but then he proceeds to miss swiftly with three other attacks. Only Dickman knows why that second attack missed. Well, ah, jeez. Thank you, Paylor. <laughs> Thank you, penis man. No problem, <laughs> big guy. Ho, ho, ho. Nice lats, son. You didn't skip leg day. Ho, 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 ho. Every day's leg day. Would you carry justice on your shoulders? <laughs> Cletus is now up. Cletus, transformed into the disgusting insectoid Chasmi, looks at Rogar, and with almost a sad look in his eyes, he charges forward. He is going to attack with his proboscis attack. You see this uh, slimy insectoid proboscis protruding from his face. It's almost like a proboscis. No, Griff, Griffin McElroy uh, is, has come down on this, uh, and it's proboscis. He rolled a nine. Does that hit? You are definitely not going to hit me with my 15. <laughs> Elven chain looks wonderful on my scales. And I must say, bug boy, <laughs> this is not the first proboscis that somebody's tried to jam into my face. I've been in Hollywood a long time. <laughs> He is going to attempt to summon a demon. He has a 30% chance of doing so. He, uh, after missing that attack, he closes his eyes. A demonic circle appears beside you. And let's go ahead and roll. He fails. He rolled a natural one. Uh, demonic runes. 
become burned into the ground beside you. Purple fiendish fire ignites the ground, and just as quickly it was there, it fizzles away, very unceremoniously. Mm. So no demon. That was his once per day shot. So that's like when demon. When Thor tries to summon lightning and it just sparkles a little, and then Jeff Goldblum refers to him as sparkles. Dickman, you are up. How far away are Daddy, or how are they grouped close together by any chance? Within, let's say, uh, a 40-foot high, 10-foot radius cylinder, could I get any <laughs> of them in that? Uh, yes. According to the map here, there's absolutely a way you can hit all three of them. Nice. Awesome. I would like to cast Flame Strike on all three of them. They must make a Dexterity saving throw, DC of, DC of 17. Dickman bringing the pain. Richard yeah. Noggin, unforgiving. Dickman's coming hard. Ah, oh, <laughs> yes. The flame strike releases from within me. Daddy rolled a 21, so I'm assuming he's good. Cletus rolled a 15, so he fails. And the girls, Shelly and Ruby, also failed. All right, so uh, the one who succeeded will take half damage. And the other ones will take full damage. And so it'll be... Are they vulnerable to radiant damage by chance? They're resistant to magic. All magic? Advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. The Chasmi also has uh, magic resistance. Advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. So he's going to roll again. So they're going to roll again for that saving throw. And no, they, but they did worse on their uh, second <laughs> attempt. So nice. it still hits them. Then they'll all take 22 points of radiant damage and 17 points of fire damage. Mm. You all look like you need a little bit of an attitude adjustment. Taste some Paylor. Ah, jeez. Literally, Rogar and Andre stop what they're doing to make the... (laughs) (laughs) Ma-ma-na-ba-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-ma-
and uh, the Armonite, uh, Shelly Ruby, they failed as well. Well, <laughs> this is what happens when you play around with Raga. <laughs> Let me roll for your damage. Well, I seem to be on a good roll today. <laughs> You're each going to take 33 damage. <laughs> I'll take no booze from the crowd, sir. Half damage for Shelly. Hello, or... I'll find you. I now remember why you were my least favorite character in the Duchess Betrothed. <laughs> Yeah, the, the booze came from Pelar. Boo! Ho, 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 boo! You're not even my chosen. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> the old lady comes out from that scene in, in uh, The Princess Bride who's like, Filth! Garbage! <laughs> boo! Boo! She had true love and she traded it in at the fire swamp! <laughs> <laughs> okay, daddy's still looking good, though. Sexy daddy. <laughs> Which is a sentence I'm happy to say. <laughs> and I'm equally unhappy to hear. <laughs> oh, that's getting cut, but it's, but it's still fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's getting cut. <laughs> they survived my circle of death? <laughs> Inconceivable! Yeah. They survived the circle of death. Well, that's bone to death. A dark veil seems to permeate the air around all of you. Dark shadow comes up from the ground. Waves, dark waves ripple, moving rock and stone until it clashes with the demons fighting the party. Black necrotic energy uh, pulses throughout their skin. You see chunks of their flesh rot off. They cry out in pain. They are heavily damaged by this. Daddy remains on his feet. He is still locked in combat with Andre. Uh, I believe, let's say for a fact, he still has one of Andre's nipples in his pinchers. Ah, I cannot believe that Logar said the line. I know we're in combat, but it's still great to hear. I will eat your flesh now, Logar. It is now the Armonite's turn, Shelly and Ruby. They have a look on their face of fury and pain, as if their very existence is unbearable. She, in her centaur form, pats her front hoof on the ground, looks directly at Dickman, and charges. Ah, uh, jeez, this could be bad. She is going to make three attacks, one with her hoofs, one with her claws, and one with her serrated tail. With her hoof attack, she rolled a... Before you tell me if that hit or not, young lady, are you sure you want to do this? This high-pitched shriek of pain emanate from her. Fair enough, yes. I love your horn music. Yes, it's something new that uh, Paylor had given me. Hopefully I can introduce you to his light as soon as you're done hitting the shit out of me. Well, she rolled a 19 for her first attack with her... My armor class is 17. With her claw attack, she rolled a 21. That hits. And with her serrated tail attack, she rolled a 16. Two hits and a miss. The last one does not hit me. 26 damage. She charges at Dickman. Dickman braces himself, attempts to bring up his shield in time, but is not fast enough, and two hooves slam into his chest plate, 
he chokes out some blood. She then proceeds to attack him viciously with his claws. Dickman is able to bring his hands up in time, but his arms and hands take damage from this demon's razor-sharp claws. It then attacks with his tail, uh, but Dickman, through Pelor's might and confidence, is able to uh, sense the attack and dodge it. For her last attack, she is going to use her once-per-day action. She is going to pull up, produce a lightning lance. So from point-blank range, she is going to throw her lightning lance. It'll attack all creatures in a straight line. I'm going to say that she can really only attack Dickman at this point with it. Dickman, make a DC 15 dexterity saving throw. Oh, jeez, lady, that's a mighty fine weapon. But I hate to inform you, I rolled a 19 plus 1 for a 20, so... It's like almost like in Dragon Ball Z, she does these attacks, and then like uh, t- takes a, a step back, and like you see this energy ball charging up in her hand. It's like a bolt of lightning. She like spends what seems like ten minutes screaming and charging it up, until she finally releases this bolt of lightning goes through Dickman. It's it's so large it actually encapsulates his form. It continues for miles behind him, knocking down trees behind him. Uh, as she sits there, like in Dragon Ball Z, looking tired. Dickman is there in the smoking ruins of this attack with a smile on his face, his armor slightly smoking, but with a confident smile on his face. Dickman is also waving his hand in front of his face saying, you can't see me now. (laughs) Any mortal would have taken 27 (laughs) points of damage from that attack. However, Dickman and his legendary dexterity, uh, he takes only 13. Oh, geez, she really did fuck me up that round, regardless of how badass I was trying to look. The CTE is is unbearable right now. (laughs) Alright, moving right along, it is now Andre's turn. Mm. Okay. Um, Well, I take my special magic folding chair, my combat chair, I should say, uh, which I have strapped to my back. And I make sure it's folded up nicely for combat. And then I ask, Anybody want a peanut? Because that's the name of my chair, is Peanut. And I strike him with it! (laughs) No more rhyming! (laughs) In the middle of a sentence, he's cut off. Well, depending upon how successful this attack roll is. Okay, um... So, I rolled a... On my first attack, a 28 to hit. That hits. I'm gonna smash him a second time with this chair. You know, I want to. I want to kind of leap up into the air to kind of get some extra added oomph to it. And uh, that one. Oh, I only rolled a 14 on that one. Uh, that misses. Okay. Can I action surge and try to hit him again? Third time. <laughs> All right. You must have a peanut allergy. And then I rolled a 22 on that one too. All right, first one does 31 damage, the second one misses, and then the third one does 23. So that's a total of 54 damage. Shit. Andre takes the first swing. It cuts off Daddy in the middle of his request for no more rhyming. <laughs> the sound is cacophonous. It, it almost inter- interrupts everything else happening on the battlefield. It sounds like a meteor just hit the earth almost force was just delivered onto daddy's face in a looney tunes-esque fashion you see teeth just explode i thought you were going to say like tweety birds were going to be circling his head (laughs) (laughs) 
they're imps, though. <laughs> I see imps. Oh, no. It appears he has a crown of imps. <laughs> he staggers back. Andre takes a second swing, misses. But the third swing connects straight to the back of uh, Daddy's head. Uh, he coughs up copious amounts of acidic blood. He is looking messed up, but is still in the fight. Mm. That was a foolish thing. Rogai, he survived three of my attacks. What is your commentary on that? Oh, I'm going to be serving up dessert on the dish of peanut you just gave him. <laughs> I thought you would say how unlikely that would be to occur. <laughs> in, your, in your catchphrase that sums that up with one word. Oh, yes, yes, I do understand. Uh, well, that's just boulder dash. I do. Oh, he said, he said the line. He said the line. He did. Daddy, even though he's in pain, like that during that whole little conversation where Andre's trying to tease that out of him, he looks very expectant. If, if only there was one word that you are famous for that you could say to sum up this moment. Say it, just say it, say it. Say the line. Just say it, just say it, just say it. And then he said it, and he's, everybody he's stops say, fighting. He's, he's trying to get you to say it. Everyone's fine, such fine. a super fan of that movie that dramatic <laughs> pause, boulder dash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> worth the wait, huh? <laughs> Classy, you cursed bitch. <laughs> uh. That's some great role playing, Dave. Good job. <laughs> uh, Cletus stands, still stands before you, Rogar. He, it is his turn. He looks much weaker than his last attack. Your death spell removed quite a bit of non-vital flesh from his body. Jesus. Uh, but he is still upset and oh, looking to attack Oh, you're you. a little upset about my circle of death? <laughs> yes, I am. Please kill me. Life is pain. And he is going to attack you with his proboscis. There's a certain level of demonic realism I bring to this podcast. Yeah, that was gnarly. It's not all fun, all right? This show has a message. Don't sign packs with devils, or this will happen to you. <laughs> That's the core message to this show. Uh, fuck, uh, Cletus rolled a natural two. Cletus <laughs> just doesn't really want to attack you, Rogar. Wow. I think that's a second shitty roll uh, attacking you. It's not that it's shitty, it's just that I'm that great. <laughs> okay, maybe it's because it's shitty. Uh, we're going to say that he attempts to attack you with this proboscis, uh, and it even like hit, makes contact with your chest, but due to all the spell damage and like flesh that's kind of rotted away, it just kind of bends when it hits you. And he just looks sad and in pain. <laughs> You're tickling me! Fuck, he has some really cool shit if that, uh, if that attack hits. <laughs> Dickman, you are up. Hmm... I feel like Dick has been handled quite well. <laughs> it's time for your revenge, man. As I look at these tortured creatures, can I do some sort of check to see if they could be saved? You may. Uh, give me a give me a religion check. Pelor likes what you're doing. My boy, I like where your head's at. I rolled a 17 plus 4. 
Yes, it is possible these souls, while they were followers of the cult, Shelly and Ruby and Cletus did not sign on for for this. Um, you know that they did not agree to this transformation. They did not make a pact. Uh, their souls are not beyond saving. You would have to find a way to either incapacitate them or defeat Daddy before you defeated them. Regardless of that, I'm going to throw a Hail Mary, and I'm going to get down on my knees, and I'm going to cast Divine Intervention. As an action, I can request my deity's aid, and I roll a percentile dice and I have to get my level or below in order to do this. Instead of a D100, I have to get a 10 or below. I can do this once per long rest. Now, hear me out. I didn't get below it, (laughs) but I got a really, really cool number, which is a 69. So... The horns play just for the 69. Listen, Dickman, you got me on the phone. I'm not coming over there. But for that roll... You see a massive arm. We're talking Ultimate Warrior in his prime, if Ultimate Warrior was a giant, appear from nowhere with a high five. <laughs> 69, bro. Good job. Oh, and don't leave me hanging, Dick Man. I will return the five. Respect and loyalty, Paylor. All right, well, I got more God stuff to do. Now roll better next time. I'll come down there, I swear. I'll fix this whole thing for you. Does Paylor's arm have those weird... Uh, colored tourniquets like uh, Ultimate Warrior wear. Yes, pastel colored. <laughs> but like with like pastel greens because that's his thing. It looks like he does like day glow heroin. Excuse me, now I have to go. A child rolled much better than you in China. I have to go up here over there. <laughs> I suppose I'll finish my turn by uh, casting a fourth level healing word on myself as a bonus action. It is 24 health. Roger, my new friend, if you kill daddy, perhaps we can save these misguided children's souls. If you all touch daddy, I'll kill you. (laughs) I'm here to do daddy's death. Oh, I like you better when you were just saying the line. (laughs) Come on, man, be cool. Uh, And with that, it is now Roger's turn. Yeah, come on, man. We, you, you've been good in all of your movies. As I levitate up closer to damage Daddy and get near, you are going to take an opportunity attack with a proboscis. Oh, and he finally rolls good. He rolled a twenty. Finally, I hurt you. You didn't get a perfect on me, bitch. You didn't get a perfect on me in this game of Street Fighter. Oh, jeez. I don't want to have you not get a flawless victory. I will use my reaction again to cast Warding Flare and re-roll that attack there with your proboscis, young gentleman. I legitimately love this. <laughs> you know the natural one! <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, jeez. That's good pod. See the light of Paylor, my proboscis mouth friend. <laughs> As I give a giant smile, showing all of my lovely, shiny, pearl-white fangs, I give Mr. Richard Noggin a solid wink of the eye and a tap of the cap as I point my finger over to Dandy. In doing so, I unleash Blythe. Necronic energy washes over a creature of my choice. (laughs) That would be Dandy. Draining moisture and vitality from it. The target must take a constitution saving throw. Target takes on 8d8 necronic damage 
On a failed save, or half as much damage on a successful one. <laughs> this spell has... It drains moisture? Moisture, yes, yes. <laughs> what the... I'm turning into Ben Shapiro's wife because I rolled a 10 on my constitution saving throw. Well, you needed a 17, so let this be your last. Oh, God. So you're drying out, Daddy, real good? As I drain the life from your very body with a 9d8 roll, damage awaiting, I do want to leave you with this, though. <laughs> Boulder dash. <laughs> and with that, I do bid you a farewell, and I want to let Glacia know that my contract is coming. That's 39 damage. Holy shit. Okay. How do you picture Daddy dying? Well, I imagine since he's filled with acid, there'd be nothing better than to make him dry up on his uh, own acid and let that suck the very moisture of him, leaving nothing but his own acid to eat him alive. And I would love it if uh, somehow, some way, that the very last piece of him to go would be the small pincers that happen to be wrapped around my good friend Andre's nipple. <laughs> so it's the only thing that survives? It's just the pincers still hanging off my nipple. Ah! Almost like a very bad oh, <laughs> a very bad uh, nipple piercing from the 80s or 90s perhaps? Like a uh, almost like a tattoo around one's navel. <laughs> I will keep this forever. <laughs> As a reminder of our times old boy. <laughs> Enjoy your pierced, <laughs> your pierced nipple clip. Daddy was really oversized piece of jewelry. You see, so you carved away the rest of him. It's like you thanosed away the amount of uh, jewelry we didn't need for this nipple ring. <laughs> I like the idea of after you that he never let go of your nipple yeah. when holding onto it, even as you were hitting him with a chair <laughs> and knocking his teeth out. I think it's caught. I think my picture is caught. Hold on. Just time out. One second. Please. Does, any, just, does anybody know how to unlock this? Is there an unlock? Is there a button, perhaps? Is there, a, is there an off switch or a reset, perhaps, I can establish? It's like there's a boot on my car. I can't get this thing off. It's stuck. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And with that, Daddy sizzles away. And as that happens, you see slowly the forms of Cletus and Shelly and Ruby return. They are very badly damaged and on the brink of death, but they are unconscious and seemingly alive and in their normal states. Also laying there, curiously, Rogar, you notice a uh, necklace that was on Daddy. It has four glowing bright lights in it. You know that these are soul gems and that those gems have four souls in it. And I think that is where we're going to end the episode today. Wow, that was a fun one. So fun. Can we get one more John Cena just to end things off with? <laughs> Jesse Egan, where can people find you? People can find me at Jesse Egan Comedy on all social media. And my special is called That's the Spirit. It's on drybarcomedy.com. Thanks a lot. Dave Wright, where can people find you? You can find me at the right W R I G H T Dave on all social media. And Joe Camacho playing Dick Man was not just one but two characters, and you played the master for yes. Where can people find you? Oh, jeez, you can find me. <laughs> 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 
Oh, jeez, guys, you're embarrassing me. Come on. You can find me on Twitter at HotCop69. There's a big difference between plugging Hot Cop 69 in, in those two voices. You can find me at Hot Cop 69. You can find me at Hot Cop 69. Oh, Start off with the one and lead into the other. And I have been your Dungeon Master, Damian Mercado. You can find me or reach out to the show at Awful D&D. If you're looking to support the show, please find our Patreon. Or uh, if you'd like to support the show but can't, just go ahead and recommend us to a friend. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. Tweet about us. Talk about us on Reddit. Well, I think that's about it. Thanks for listening. Later, nerds. Bye. 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 Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for attending this winter membership drive for the Brotherhood of the Moraturi. I'm so pleased that so many of you would like to join us in service of St. Odysseus. Now, before we begin, I would just like to go through my checklist and make sure that everybody brought the snacks they were supposed to. First up, Matthew, you were in charge of brownies. Uh, hopefully you brought brownies that don't have nuts because AJ Kurosaki has a nut allergy and that could be bad uh, Lynette DeBelle your plates and napkins which I see here thank you so much uh, Lindsay Taylor you were in charge of cookies uh, chocolate chip was our preference but uh, I see that you brought a wide selection which is just as well Chance Deason uh, you were in charge of bringing some punch, which I see here in the bowl. Thank you so much. Rob Wagoner, you were also in charge of bringing some punch. I see there's quite a bit of punch here. Uh, Rick Turpin, you were also assigned punch. Dear Lord, how many people were supposed to bring punch? Who organized this? Nastasia Igrain, I see you brought a nice fruit plate. Uh, that was not your assignment, but thank you very much. We will definitely enjoy that. Malleus Varmintum brought us a charcuterie board. Uh, again, not what you were assigned. You were supposed to bring punch, but we, we have so much. I think your deviation from assignment is appreciated. Christopher Skelton, you were assigned to bring napkins. Uh, hopefully you were able to do that. That seems to have been the simplest one. Jessica Oudbear. I see here that you were also supposed to bring punch. My goodness, this is... I did, okay, well, we have a lot of drinking to do ahead of us, I see. Fred Milano. Uh, it seems that you were in charge of toothpicks. Is that really... Someone... We had one person just bringing tooth... Okay, I suppose. I don't know who organized this, but... Seems a bit chaotic. Uh, Dwayne Donovan. You were supposed to bring punch. My goodness, I... Okay. Uh, Cody Martinez, you were in charge of cups, which, thank goodness you brought some, because we have a lot of punch here. Torso full of bees. You were supposed to bring... Uh, more punch. I just don't understand who organized this meeting. I'll have to talk to my brothers in the Brotherhood of the Moraturi. Uh, Rebecca Throop, 
You were supposed to bring cookies as well. And I see through some wild coincidence you brought the exact same assortment as the cookies we already have. Oh well. More cookies to dip in the punch, I suppose. Anthony Silva. You were supposed to bring more napkins, because I guess we have so much punch, we're probably going to anticipate quite a bit of spillage. Hector Angulo, you were supposed to bring brownies as well. Two people on brownies, maybe six or seven on punch. This seems like the laziest list that anyone has put together. Or perhaps that I'm just making it up as I go along with no script. That's a possibility. Quezon Escobedo says here you're supposed to bring poison. It shouldn't have been too hard of a task. Jay Baker, uh, you as well were assigned punch. Uh, and Chris Waltrip, I see that you were in charge of, uh, it says here, body bags? That can't be right then. Wait wait a second, did that say poison a moment ago? Hang on, this, this scene, I'm sorry. Before anyone eats, Jay, do not eat that cookie. And don't drink the punch, anybody, please. 